Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, good Sunday morning, everyone. We are together for our second in-home online church service, and I'm looking so forward to talking with you today. Not only will we be sharing a special message together today, we'll also be receiving communion together because today is Communion Sunday. So I've got my elements right here and ready to go. So what I'm going to do right now is I'll just give you a couple minutes to go and grab your wine or your juice or your bread or whatever you have at home because we're going to have a great time together celebrating the remembrance of Christ. That's what it's all about. Now, while you're getting those elements, just a couple things. Uh, We've been talking about this idea of the restored soul. And if you'd like to hear the previous couple weeks, it's really simple. You can get the messages uh, right online. Uh, What you do is you go to faithcity.tv. You click on Michigan. Then you just scroll down to messages, and it's right there. Also, if you'd like to listen to our podcast, then go ahead and subscribe to our podcast as well. It's just titled Faith City Church, right on Apple Podcasts. Now, if you're someone who loves to follow along with the messages, you can do so on the Version Bible app. It's really simple. You just grab your phone, and once you open up that Bible app, you just go down to the right-hand lower corner and click the More tab, and then you look about halfway down the page for Events. Just click Events, and you should see Faith City Michigan Campus right at the top. Just Click on Faith City Michigan Campus, and then there you have it. You can actually follow along with the scriptures and the notes. And if you press Add Notes, you can add your own notes and thoughts. And uh, right there in the right-hand upper corner, you press Save, and you can save it for further reference. And it's awesome. So let's get started today. Now, today we're going to continue our series, Soul Restoration. And in the past couple weeks, we've looked into issues concerning the soul, including dealing with the restless soul and rejecting toxic thoughts. Now, a few ways that we can gauge where our soul is in this journey of life is based on our thoughts, actions, and words. You know, we start to notice our own issues in life as we progress, and unfortunately, we start to notice others' issues as well. But it's not about pointing fingers. It's about restoration and healing. I believe that's what Heavenly Father has always strove to do with humanity and that's bring us restoration and healing. So today I want to talk about the idea of healing toxic emotions. Say that with me, healing toxic emotions. That's right. Now, how do we begin to see healing in this area of our life? Well, how many know that we all have emotions, right? I mean, every single one of us. And here's another thing. Emotions are okay and natural. Now, most of us know this, but you know, sometimes we've been maybe taught that we shouldn't feel what we're feeling or feel those feelings. And that's just not the truth. God put those feelings and those emotions there for a reason. So listen, emotions are okay. It's completely natural. But what we do when our emotions are toxic, when they're negative, when they're steering our lives in the wrong direction, really matters. Now, I love the scripture here in Psalm 4610. It says, be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Now, this word exalted in the Hebrew actually means noteworthy or distinguished in power and glory. And this be still means to relax. Think about that for a minute. Relax. It's like God is telling us 
I've got this. Just relax. I've completely got this. And then if we look in the New American Standard Bible, it says it like this. Cease striving and know that I am God. So it's, it's not about a life of striving. It's about a life of relaxing. Now, I know that's hard to fathom at times, but here's the question. How do we relax? How do we put complete trust in God? Now, one important key to note here is that you can never put your trust in someone whom you fear. I just want to share a quick story with you, and to help me with that story, let's have Aiden Barantic, my youngest son, come on in and help us out. Aiden, come here, bud. <laughs> What's up, man? Here, let's situate here a little bit. Come on in here with me. Yeah, yeah. So here we are, bud. You got anything to say? Yo, 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 homies! Okay, yo, 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 homies. So the other day, I was prepping, just a couple days ago, I was prepping for this message and kind of preparing my notes. I was actually on my computer here, and um, I remember looking up to the, to the left over here, your right, to this speaker. Can they see the speaker back here? To this speaker right here. And what caught my eye was the little tweeter up top was dented in, as if someone had poked it with their finger. And instantly I'm like, Aiden Scott Brancic. So anyway, I walked upstairs. You were doing your schoolwork. And as I went upstairs, I was like, hey, Aiden, you got a question. And you turn around and look at me. I'm like, um, do you know what happened to the little tweeter cone on my speaker? And I'm like... Well, the first thing you did was this. You were looking at me and you went... And you turned the whole way around. And I went like this. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> I just went like, sorry, Dad. <sighs> was Dad upset? Mm, pretty much. Yeah, but I didn't yell or anything. I just said, listen, bud, call you me. cannot... What's that? Call me. Call you? No, calmly. Oh, calmly, yes. Calmly, I'm like, listen, bud, you can't touch other people's stuff. It's really important, right? Yep. <laughs> So here's what we did. I came downstairs immediately and I jumped onto YouTube. In fact, some of you are watching YouTube right here, right now. It's pretty awesome. But anyway, I got on YouTube and I saw a few different ways that, that we could fix it. And so what idea did we use? What did I tell you to do? Um, we used the vacuum cleaner because vacuums, they suck stuff. And when you get that word suck in your head, you get the word, also other word, out in the head so suck stuff out wow that's... so we used a vacuum cleaner we grabbed a little nozzle and this speaker right here we went like this dad was like really nervous because we had that like we had the wand the little wand thing yeah yeah and dad was really nervous and we went like this and it was good as new dude perfect so even though you might have messed something up we walked through it together and then you helped me, and we made it right. It's like perfect. No one can tell now. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Unless I dent it again. Which hopefully Which, you won't. Yes. That's right. Hey, man, thanks for sharing the story with me. I love you. Love you, brother. Brother? Wow, he's on film, so he has to say brother. He can't say love you, dad. <laughs> Whoa. I'm so glad that Ethan decided to share that story. We thought it was just perfect for this moment. But, but here's the reason I wanted to share that story. Many times, as a parent, you know, we can choose to correct our children either in fear or in love. There's two complete different ways that you can do correction, right? In other words, you will do this or not do this because you fear me. Or you will do this 
or not do this because I love you. There's a big difference in how we discipline, and that's something I'm even learning now as a father. So really, here's the question. What kind of picture am I painting for my kids about Heavenly Father? You see, I believe the most important thing about us in this life is not just our connection to the divine or to God or our source, but it's what comes to mind when we think about God. See, our thoughts of God, they either bring toxic emotions or they heal toxic emotions. So what does God want most from you? Well, many have been told or, or thought that obedience is the main thing, like behavior is the main thing, that's what counts. But truth be told, relationship is the main thing. It's the most important thing. Jesus came to show us the heart of the Father. I mean, when Jesus walked this planet, what he said, what he did, it mattered because it was showing us the heart of the Father. Now, look at this in Psalm 4610. Eugene Peterson puts this absolutely beautifully. He says, step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God, above politics, above everything. Now, think about this. He says, step out of the traffic, right? Take a long, loving look at me. What does that mean? It means we start to take time to see God for who he really is. See, this is the difference between fear and love. Fear is what you have to do. Love is what he has already done. And fear-based living produces toxic emotions. There's no way around this. Whereas love-based living produces healthy and whole emotions. So the question is, where is your focus? Do we really realize what we have in Christ? Do we realize the beautiful relationship that we've been invited to with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Now, the Apostle John tells us in 1 John chapter 4, he gives us this beautiful description of what we've been included in. I want to just read this here. Let's start with verse 15. He says, For anyone to see and to say that Jesus is the Son of God is to awaken to the awareness that we are continuously, seamlessly joined in oneness. And thus we have come to know and believe the love that God has unveiled within us. God is love. And love is who God is. To live in this place of conscious, constant love is to live immersed in God and to feel perfectly at home in his indwelling. Look at verse 17. So now, with us awakening to our full inclusion in this love union, everything is perfect. Its completeness is not compromised in contradiction. Our confident conversation echoes this fellowship even in the face Oh, crisis. Can I get one amen on that? How many feel like we're facing crisis, right? But look at this. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Our lives are mirrored in him. Fear cannot coexist in this love realm. The perfect love union that we are talking about expels fear. What dispels fear-based living? What heals toxic emotions? Look at this. A perfect love union. Isn't that beautiful? He goes on to say, Fear holds on to an expectation of crisis and judgment, which brings separation, and interprets it as due punishment, a form of karma. It echoes torment and only registers in someone who does not realize the completeness of their love union with the Father, Son, and Spirit, and with one another. Look at this, verse 19, so key. We love because he loved us first. Did you catch that? He loved us first. Look what he says. We did not invent this fellowship. We are invited into the fellowship 
of the Father and the Son. You see, the Holy Spirit's passion is fellowship. The Spirit loves to connect to people. Life happens in relationship. And true relationship can only happen within love and care for one another. Do you ever think about that, that God literally loves and cares for you? He's not just some deity who's off in the distance and doesn't care one way or the next. He truly cares about you, your feelings, where you're going, your, your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations, your eternity. He cares for these things. And then in Romans 14, the Apostle Paul was addressing this idea of love for one another, specifically when it comes to diet. I mean, some were free to eat whatever, and of course, others were not. And so there was this big debate, and there was arguments and dissension going on. But he says this in Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. He says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy, look at this, in the Holy Spirit. See, this shows us the passion of Holy Spirit to a relationship. Now, just a couple meanings. The word righteousness means right relationship. It's relationship that functions out of other-centered love and goodness. It's a mutual respect and honor. And then the word peace means the cessation of conflict and strife. It's really the calming of our own inner soul and the, really the world at large. It's this sense of well-being. So if we put this together, we can say that righteousness and peace, these are promises for the kingdom, right? They create room for joy. Now think about what is joy. Joy is about gladness. It's about delight. It's freedom to be open to others for fellowship, to share in life together, right? So think about it. The Holy Spirit's mission is the bringing about of fellowship and intimacy with one another. I mean, that's really like his whole goal to show us this union. Now, the message version says it like this. It says, God's kingdom isn't a matter of what you put in your stomach, for goodness sake. It's what God does with your life as he sets it right, puts it together, and completes it with joy. Isn't that awesome? And then if we look at Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Look at this. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. This is beautiful. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Now, this word brokenhearted in the Hebrew is the word shavar. And it literally means this, broken, wrecked, crushed, and shattered soul. So think about this. Jesus literally came to heal the broken, wrecked, crushed, and shattered soul. Isn't that awesome? See, Jesus wants to bring you healing and restoration from the inside out. That's why we're told to work out our salvation. We're not waiting on God to do anything more for us. He's done everything in Christ, and we literally have it on the inside, and we're told to work out that salvation. Again, what does salvation mean in the New Testament Greek? Restoration, safety, health, healing, deliverance, rescue, wholeness. It's awesome. So we have a choice, don't we? We can choose to accept the invitation or continue to do life all on our own. And here's the silly thing about it. He has already invited and included us into this fellowship. But we, let me say it again, we choose to say no because we are completely unaware of it or even worse, we disqualify ourselves thinking we're not worthy 
Uh, we don't measure up. What a lie. Listen, if you just think about the death of Christ on a cross, we crucified Christ. And Christ, who represents love, allowed us to do this heinous act to an innocent man. Why? He wanted to be the full display of what love looks like. Let me say it like this. He wanted to show you that you were worth it. You are worthy. So here's the question. How can we start to see healing in our emotions? By stopping with fear-based living and accepting the invitation to an intimate love relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, your life will never be the same. So on that note, let's grab our communion elements and let's receive at the Lord's table together. I think about when Jesus was sharing this final meal uh, with his disciples. And, you know, they're at what would be called a Passover meal. And the Passover meal was a normal thing. I mean, Jesus was probably around 33 years old. And he is at least participating in, even as an infant, at least 33 of these Passover meals. But here he was at this Passover meal that was just a normal thing they did every year to celebrate their exodus out of Egypt. Well, Jesus was kind of turning things around. He was initiating this brand new covenant this new way of looking at things, this new way of seeing God as more than just Yahweh, but as Heavenly Father. And so when he did this meal, I believe that Jesus was trying to introduce us to this idea that he came to heal the brokenhearted. So here's the thing. Are you battling sickness in your body or in your mind? Are you dealing with condemnation or guilt or shame? then prepare a communion table in the midst of these circumstances and proclaim the Lord's death and resurrection. Don't look at communion as merely a religious ritual. Make it a bold declaration of faith. Now, as we take this today, here's some things that this can provide. And it's not that us receiving these elements makes it happen. These are things I believe that have already happened, but we become more aware of and we're able to receive what God has already given us. So things like this, forgiveness, acceptance, healing, all God's blessings, all his promises to us, that's what we get to receive this morning. So I just want to look at a scripture here in Luke 22, when Jesus was at this Last Supper and this final meal. Verse 19, and he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. Let's break our bread together. Just take a little piece off there. Now he gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. And what does he say? This is really key. What are these next few words? He says, do this in remembrance of me. I want us to remember that communion is about remembering Jesus. It's not about remembering your shortcomings, your downfalls, your sin, your issues. Listen, we already know that we can you seek and receive forgiveness, acceptance, healing, all these things that have already been provided. And this meal is what brings us to the realization that it's true and it's there for the taking. So I want you to take this bread right now with me. And as you do, say this with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son. I thank you that you were in Christ reconciling the world to yourself, that you love me and you care for me. And your body, Jesus, was broken so that I could be made whole. And now I take this 
in remembrance of you. Take and eat. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 20. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Now, I want us to just take our cups, raise them high, as high as you can. But I want us to see this symbol here of the blood of Jesus as really extraordinary. This here means there's no more division to those who have awakened to them being in Christ. See, when you see that you're in Christ, you should no longer think that there's a separation. There's no longer issue. This blood represents forgiveness of sin, past, present, and future. There's nothing being withheld from you. Now, of course, when we don't recognize this, what do we do? We go on with life, acting as orphans, Paul says. But you've got to realize we're sons and daughters. And so this cup represents his blood, which is complete and total forgiveness. And he says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. It's a brand new way of thinking, of doing, a brand new way of kingdom, a brand new way to see Jesus, God, Holy Spirit. It's this, this union that we have in relationship. So again, remembering Jesus is what we're doing today. So as we take this cup, just say this with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love for me. I thank you for your grace. As I take this cup right now, I'm remembering that this cup is the new covenant in your blood. This represents my complete and total forgiveness. You promised to never leave me. You promised to never forsake me. And I can trust you on that. So right now, I receive this. This is forgiveness in a cup. Take and drink. Wow, Holy Spirit, just seal that in us this morning. I, I thank you that we're perceiving things correctly. We're perceiving you correctly. And as we do, we're beginning to see those toxic emotions become healed in our lives. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person uh, who can hear this, whether it's live, whether it's later. Holy Spirit, just give them peace right now in Jesus' name. I pray that you would search their soul. If there's any areas of their soul that just don't seem to line up, where they believe lies about you, they're believing lies about themselves, that you would show that to them. You would expose that, not to bring them shame, but to bring them healing and restoration. We thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Isn't God awesome? I'm so glad that you guys joined me again here on this second live stream Sunday. It's been awesome hanging out together. I just want to remind you that this evening we will have Q&R at 5 p.m. on Facebook Live. I'm not sure if we're going to do YouTube Live at the same time or if we can, but at least on Facebook Live, a Q&R, a talk. We did this last weekend, and everyone loved it. It ended up being awesome. We had several people on there. A few questions were asked, but mainly we just connected. We just had a sense of unity, especially with us all being kind of trapped in our homes right now. It felt good to know that there's people out there uh, with, with like faith, just in your tribe. Does that make sense? So join us tonight, 5 p.m., Facebook Live for Q&R. Now, if you have any questions about this message or even about communion or, or really anything, go ahead and hit us up earlier than 5 p.m. on instant message. That way I can kind of cruise through there, grab some questions, be prepared before we start. 
And don't forget, you can still give online. In fact, giving is still extremely essential, especially with what we're going through right now. Just give at faithcity.tv. Click on Michigan. Click on Give. It's right there. It takes you to our PayPal account. If you'd like to send a check to the ministry, just make that payable to Faith City Church. And you can send that to 806 Main Street, Fenton, Michigan, 48430. Hey, if I don't see you beforehand, I'll see you at 5 p.m. Love you guys. Pray in peace over your lives. In Jesus. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.